This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. Ron said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foam pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're joining me again today. This is episode 97, July 12th, 2018, and today we're going to talk about eating healthy from the homestead. In this podcast episode, I'm just going to answer a question about uh, what I believe caused my uh, past health issues and uh, the diet that helped me turn it all around. Hope you're having a great week so far this week. Feels good to kind of be back on track, back to work. I had that vacation last week, and boy, it takes a few days to adapt to getting back on schedule and working every day and doing your same old thing, but I think we're getting back on track, and we started our first uh, canning of the year finally, made some pickles just last night. It was up late last night making pickles and uh, uh, waiting for that uh, infamous salsa uh, to first start rolling in. When we first start getting our red tomatoes, that'll probably be... We'll probably make some more batches of pickles, then we'll start on salsa, and then we'll start the hardcore canning of the of the year-long uh, the veggies. So looking forward to all that. You know, canning isn't my f- favorite part of homesteading, but it's absolutely a necessary part, I believe, if you're going to put up your harvest for the winter. I mean, uh, if you just want to eat through the summer and then go back to your regular old thing in the, in the winter time, you don't have to do it. But uh, if you really want to preserve that harvest, you know, canning is really important. And it was uh, it was kind of a learning process for us. Now, we just hot water bath can the uh, the pickles is all you got to do. But once you start breaking out the, the pressure canner and all that, you know, things start getting pretty serious. And But, you know, it's it's hot and it's um it's hard work and it's messy but i'll tell you when it's all said and done uh you feel good that you've you've put some food up you know it feels good to open up your your cabinets and seeing all those uh, jars stacked up so uh you know in the end we really enjoy doing it the process not so much fun but uh you know it's it's part of it and um it's nice to have that stuff on store all year uh, let's just jump right into today's uh, uh, question. Uh, Jim asks, you've spoken about your diet numerous times and why you started it. But my question is, what do you eat exactly? What don't you eat? Why do you think the grocery store had a part in your cancer? Or do you mean when you say you ate junk food, you actually mean McDonald's? I am looking to hear your opinion about more healthful eating. And uh, Before I even get started uh, on this question... I'm just going to throw out the disclaimer. You know, I am not a doctor. I do not offer medical advice. The information shared in this podcast is my opinion. It's the testimony of my personal experience. I'm not saying you should do it. It's just 
what I did. You know, that's what he's asking me. What did you do? And here's what I did, you know. So I just want to make that clear because I don't want anybody to listen to what I'm about to say and think that's what I'm going to do. And then it doesn't work out for you. And then, you know, the way it worked out for me, especially when it comes to cancer, because I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And there's, you know, there's a lot of different opinions on what you should do, how you should eat, what your diet should be uh, when you're a cancer patient. So I'm going to tell you what I did, why I did it. And I'm not saying anybody else should do that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example of somebody who didn't, that went completely the opposite of what I did. And it worked out, worked out really well for them. So, you know, I just want to put that out there. Uh, you, you listen to your doctor, you make up your own mind. Um, you know, li- go out there and li- listen to other material, read other books, do, do your own study and uh, make it make a make a decision uh, that's yours not somebody else's so i just want to say that up front and i guess i i want to start here by just saying what my cancer story is because maybe there's someone who hasn't heard it obviously jim has heard it uh, but i want to just kind of throw it out there real quickly for maybe somebody who's new to the podcast and doesn't know uh, what really brought me into homesteading in the beginning? I mean, I've always had a heart for homesteading, always wanted to do it. But what actually drove me into doing it right where I am and the way I'm doing it was cancer. It's been over six years ago now. I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, had a tumor probably about the size of a tennis ball in my gut. And um, it had gotten outside of its containment within my colon. And so it was stage three. And, uh, you know, it was, I was 39 years old when I was diagnosed with that. I had had a life of being a truck driver, eating really poorly. And I'll get into that in a minute that I believe led up to that. Um, and, uh, 39 years old, my youngest daughter, I have three daughters. My youngest was just graduating high school and it was a wake up call. You know, I'm thinking, wow, I've spent most of my life as an over the road truck driver uh, looking out the windshield of a truck, you know, not eating right, not exercising right for the, for the previous few years anyway. And, you know, it, it hit me pretty hard and, uh, I didn't know what to do other than, you know, make a few changes in my life. And at first I went through that depression stage where you just kind of, well, yeah, I kind of give up, you know, and, and here it is and I'll go the traditional route and we'll see if it works out. And then, you know, I kind of had a wake up call and I just, I started doing a lot of reading, a lot of studying, and, you know, like everybody does, you get an illness. I mean, you, you, you almost become an expert in it. You know, you, you just start using all your time reading and, and, you know, the internet isn't always the best place to do that. Trust me. I mean, you get so much different advice and, um, probably a lot of wrong advice, but you do it anyway. I mean, everybody does. You jump on the internet, you start browsing websites, you start reading things, but I did find some credible sources and, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes that, that kind of led me down the path that I went down. Long story short is I started growing my own food and raising animals and, you know, eating meat that I raised. And I even started buying, um, uh, organic raised stuff, uh, uh, healthy meats, uh, healthier vegetables. Um, we started eating like that. We stopped eating out of, for the most part, cans and boxes and, you know, frozen foods. And, and, and we went to, um, a more healthy, what I believe a healthy organic uh, lifestyle eating that way. Now, I think what's more important is not as much what I ate, but what I stopped eating. And I think Jim 
um, he, he picked up on that. You know, he's, he, he asks, what exactly do you eat and what don't you eat? Because that can be just as important as what you eat. And, and I'll talk about that more in a minute. But that's my cancer story. It's what drove me into homesteading. Because as you know, <laughs> eating healthy is expensive. And I'll also talk a little bit about that. And I wanted to eat healthy. And I wanted to be sure that it was healthy. And I think the only way I could be sure of that and afford it was to grow my own. So it's what led me down the homesteading. It's really, it's, it's not, I always had a, a, a desire to homestead, but it's what pushed me over the edge and said, I got to start doing it now, you know? So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. The long story short is I opted, I, I did a little bit of chemo. I was supposed to do several months of chemotherapy. I did three uh, chemo sessions and I bailed out and I went radical diet and, uh, and I had a doctor, you know, the doctor pretty much told me I was nuts for doing that. He said, you know, I'll see you in a couple years when it comes back. Um, he said, you can't, you can't do this. You know, it's, it's going to come back. And, um, you know, six years later, I mean, pretty much they tell you that if it's, if it hasn't returned in five years, that, you're good. You're good with that cancer. Now you could get another cancer, but that cancer isn't coming back. That That's pretty much what they tell you, uh, when, when you do it. And I'm six years, I'm a little over six years now, uh, cancer free. And it, you know, I attribute that not just to my diet, but I think the diet was a big part of it. So that that's it in a nutshell. Again, what I'm about to tell you, you know, if you have been diagnosed with cancer, I'm not telling you to go the route I, I took. And here's why I'm going to say that. Because there was a lady who went completely the opposite. She had cancer about two years before me that I know. Well, I actually know her husband real well. I work with him. He, she went the, the opposite route. She went uh, hardcore chemo. And actually, she had stage four colon cancer. She had pretty much everything. I had exactly the same spot and everything. But hers was stage four. Um, she went chemo first. It came back. She went radical chemo the second time, surgery, radical surgery and chemo the second time. And she's eight years uh, cancer free now. So, you know, it worked for her, you know. So, again, I'm not going to say, you know, do what I did and jump out of chemo and go radical diet. That's a decision everybody has to make up on their own. I did. It worked for me. It may not have worked for that lady. She was her, her cancer was even a little bit more serious than mine. And and like I said, she went radical chemo and surgery route. And it worked for her. So, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's benefits with, with modern medicines, but you know, treatments, but, um, it just wasn't going to work for me. I was, it was really hard on me. I felt bad doing it. I mean, it just, it was hitting me, I think harder than it hit most people. And, uh, I opted out of it. So that, that's kind of my cancer story in a nutshell, but why do I believe, I want to answer the question first. What, what do I believe caused my poor health? issues in the first place. Now, Jim says, why do you attribute, uh, why do you think the grocery store had a part in your cancer? Or do you mean you ate, ate junk food? Well, I don't blame my cancer on the grocery store or McDonald's for that matter. I blame it on myself, my poor decisions. I think you can eat semi-healthy from the grocery store. I think it's much harder to do that from fast food restaurants. I didn't do that though. I mean, 90 nine percent i'll go 90 90 percent of what i ate uh was junk and when i say junk it was fast food and and, and the other 10 percent was you know nine percent of that was from boxes and cans and bags from the grocery store we didn't make wise choices even when purchasing from the grocery store 
Um, we didn't shop that outer aisle much. We didn't grab the fresh veggies, you know, and we didn't stick to that part of it. We was diving down the middle aisles where the can and box stuff was. And that's how we were eating, you know, even when I was home. And when I was on the road, seriously, it was it was nearly 100% uh, fast food. I mean, it was McDonald's. It was Taco Bell. It was KFC. And, you know, what? I think the body is very resilient. I think you can handle a lot of that. I don't think you can handle that all the time. And that's how it was for me for a few years there uh, as an over-the-road truck driver. And, you know, I'm not a grossly overweight guy, but I was probably 40 pounds overweight, 40, 50 pounds overweight eating like that, you know. And um, and it wasn't just the diet. It was the lifestyle of just sitting and, and not getting exercise. I used to be a runner. Even when I first started truck driving, the first few years I was a truck driver, I was a runner. I mean, I... You know, I would run, there was a time in my life where I was training for a marathon and I was dry, I was running uh, over a hundred miles a week, you know, just going out for, you know, I mean, I go out from anywhere from a five to a 20 mile run in a day, you know, and I, and I was very, very fit. And then I just stopped one day. Well, I actually broke my ankle and then, uh, you know, I kind of just got used to not running and, uh, I never went back to it. And, uh, you know, my lifestyle of sitting in a truck uh, caught up with me and you know i started putting on some weight just eating poorly and like i said i think the body is pretty tough i think we can we can take a lot of stuff if we couldn't everybody probably die in their 20s because we we just don't eat good for the most part and um so i think we have the ability to take in quite a bit of that stuff and still be somewhat healthy you know we still be able to get along okay Eating like I was, you can't do it. I mean, I was an extreme example of poor eating and poor exercise. And um, that's what I believe caused my cancer. Uh, I don't blame it on the grocery store. I don't even blame it on fast food. I blame it on myself. Uh, really poor decisions. I think you could eat some fast food. I do eat some fast food now. I really do. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the diet that I was on right after cancer. I want to talk about the diet I was on a couple years later. And then I'll talk about where I'm at now and where I probably should be because I'm not ideal. Now I do eat some fast food. I don't eat a lot, but I'll tell you, I stop at the truck stop nearly every day and get a sandwich. It's not fast food. I mean, I'll get a tuna salad sandwich or chicken salad sandwich or a chicken sandwich or something like that from a, from a truck stop where I stop every day for lunch. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not a big meal. I'll just eat something light and, uh, you know, I'm not, junk it out too bad i do drink a soda occasionally i do eat a candy bar or something occasionally i mean i'm not perfect in my diet anymore but i should be doing better than i'm doing and i'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute i do want to say i don't recommend this diet for everybody the the diets i'm going to talk about for everybody because everybody's situation is different i mean your health situation is going to be different depending on where you're at i do think that eating organic eating less of certain things everybody should probably do we should have a less sugar intake for the most part you know so I, I think that's important but here's here's my diet here's where it was let's go back six years ago okay i i uh, stopped chemo and i went radical what did i go radical on i went i went ketogenic i went i went radical heavy fats um i went uh, uh pretty much paleo but a little bit beyond that, I went ketogenic. And, and what that means is that you put your body into a state of ketosis. And, and, that's, a, um, and that's a metabolic state uh, where um, you raise your levels of what's called ketone bodies in your body tissue. 
And um, it, it's it's not an ideal situation for everybody, but short term, it's okay for most people. And um, I read a lot about ketogenic diets and cancer and how it can it can help in certain situations. And and I made the decision to just do that. And I went radical. I mean, it was zero carbs and zero sugars for a few months. And I probably went into a ketogenic state for about three months right off the bat. And it was radical. And I lost 40, 50 pounds in that three months. I mean, I lost a lot of weight. Uh, it was very reduced calorie intake. And uh, I totally did away with carbs for like three months. Now, that is not the state you want to stay in. It's short-term thing. It's what I did. Again, do your own research on that. Don't just say, oh, I want to do that. Um, it it worked for me, I think. And, it, and I wanted to put my body into that state, and it was not easy. It was very hard uh, to put my, my body in that, in that state. I went back to work. I was driving a truck. Your food choices are limited. I was having to take food with me. I couldn't eat anything really hardly on the road. I was taking food with me, the little bit I was eating, and I, I went radical. I went very radical with it, and I didn't have any, I mean, like I wouldn't even eat ketchup because it has sugar, you know, a corn syrup in it. I mean, the only um, kind of thing like that I would put on anything would be mustard. I mean, there was no kind of uh, condiments or anything like that other than mustard. There was, um, I mean, I would drink coffee, um, water, uh, milk occasionally. I would drink milk. I, I drank quite a bit of milk, I guess, because um, I, w- I was, it was a heavy fat intake and low protein you even lower your protein it wasn't even paleo because you're lowering lowering your protein even to the point where it just it shocks your system now i did this like i said for about three months and then i kind of went to more paleo i started going heavy meat a little carb you know paleo would say no carb i went a little bit of carb and now when i say a little bit of carb it was generally carbs i was making like i was making my own bread and of course it was there was fruits and and veggies you know so i was getting some carbs in the fruits uh, i went i bounced out with more paleo for i would say for probably i don't know a year after that i was mostly paleo um and then i i went to what i feel like was a better diet and that was, I started following what was called the Weston A. Price diet. The Weston A. Price Foundation, it was founded by a lady named Sally Fallon. And, and I'll recommend her book here in just a little bit. About, uh, that, that, they recommend a diet that is very, what I believe is a very healthy diet. And this is why I say it's a credible source. I, I mean, it's been around for a long time. And uh, their diet, I believe, is a diet that works. It's, it's similar to paleo in a lot of ways and then there's some major differences though i mean um they do believe in you know uh some dairy uh and and some carbs but they're limited carbs and they're healthier carbs and and that's you know like i said about making my own bread and things like that um there was a there was a healthier aspect to the carb intake and and i would say from about after about a year uh i i probably went to this diet more than anything and i stayed on this diet for a couple years and then what I, why I say it like that was, this is the diet I should still be on. I should be maintaining this diet. Uh, so I'm not going to get into all the details, but yeah, it's, it's, it is no sugar really. I mean, you want to do away with pretty much sugar out of your diet. Now I use sugar to make jams and jellies and I use sugar, um, 
to make uh, my kombucha. I mean, I use sugar in this house. We use sugar, and I have some intake of sugar still. I mean, I have way more than I should have now. But even in even when I was following this diet, um, there was still sugar. I mean, I was you know I was eating some sugar things, but but very little. You know, probably you know ten percent of what I used to eat, if that five to ten percent of what I used to eat, and and still. I don't eat near as much as I did, you know, pre-cancer. But I think more importantly than the intake is or uh, into um, what you're eating is what you're not eating. And I think you really want to reduce that sugar intake. And I think that we're a nation who is really heavy on the soda, really heavy on, on, on the snacks that are high sugar. And we really need to reduce that. That's my personal opinion on that. Now, specifically, I do believe that antibiotics and hormones that are used in raising some meats. Now I know that there's been regulation on that. That's cut a lot of that back. I believe that, you know, in milk productions and things like that, I think there's a lot of unhealthy um, things in a lot of the meats and vegetables that you buy in the grocery store. There are pesticides that you cannot wash out no matter what you do there. If you'll ever look up what's called the dirty dozen, uh, and these are, the fruits and vegetables that are the worst in the grocery store. These are the ones you should avoid um, and buy organically. And those are some of the worst. And they're also some of my favorites. Um, look those up. And, you know, if you're going to grow anything or buy anything organic, those would be the ones to buy. Avoid the pesticides. Avoid the, you know, the things that would have. And I always get into a little bit of an issue here because some people will argue the fact that meats don't have hormones or meats don't have antibiotics. Well, they do use antibiotics a lot, you know, in raising chicken. And and not everybody does, but most of your of your large uh, uh, commercial barns will use, you know, a lot of antibiotics and even some hormones in some cases to increase sizes. Um, not always, but you have to be careful, you know. Uh, so we started buying more healthier meat and and I'll tell you what's really difficult to find in our area is raw milk. Um, but, you know, the Weston A. Price diet is really big on raw dairy. Uh, we do buy um, our butter because I don't have goats or cows or anything. Of course, here we're an urban homestead. So we do buy our butter from an Amish um, farm. And so I get a lot of heavy fats with my butter there, healthier fats. So we do use real butter. You know, you want to drink raw milk with on the Weston A. Price diet. It's very difficult to find around here, though. Like I was saying, it's just some states it's really common here. It's not because it's not legal to sell in the stores. So it's not real common. It's hard to find. And when you do find it, it's really expensive, really expensive. So, I mean, like five to 10 times more than what you'll pay for milk in the store. It's ridiculous, really. Um, you know, eating foods that aren't laden with pesticides uh, and and Roundup and things like that, herbicides. E- eating foods that I, I like grass fed, grass raised meats uh, that haven't been been fed grain that is laden with pesticides and herbicides. This is where I'm at. I mean, reduce calories, higher proteins, higher fats, way less sugar and less carbs. I still eat. I still eat a lot of carbs, but it is a healthier carb diet. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, we're, like I said, we're, we're making our own bread a lot. We're, you know, trying to eat things that are healthier carbs. And I think that's important, but that's where I'm at now. Now, again, I said that I have, I've kind of went back a little bit on where I should be. You know, I'm, I'm eating some sugars 
you know, I'll grab a candy bar occasionally or I'll drink a soda occasionally. I shouldn't be doing that. You know, honestly, I shouldn't be. I drink way more soda than I should. You know, I'm probably drinking three or four a week, you know, and I'm drinking, I'm eating more sugar than I should. And, uh, and I say that because I know better, you know, I, it, it's so funny, you know, you, you have something like cancer come into your life and it changes you radically. And then I, I find that we're a forgetful people, <laughs> you know, people are forgetful, you know, and, and we, we tend to, uh, kind of go back to our old ways or we start to do what's easy. And let me talk a little bit about that. There's, there's, I think that, let me just explain the difference between simple and easy. Um, I think eating healthy is simple. I really do. And and you're asking me why I eat and what I don't eat. It's very simple. You know, what's healthy and what isn't healthy. You know, you really do. It's simple. Eat stuff that isn't sprayed with poisons. Um, eat stuff that was raised in a better way. You know, eat stuff that was grown in a better way. Eat less sugars. You know, that's a simple, these are simple things that doesn't make them easy. It's very difficult to eat like that, especially in our society, because, um, it, it's made so readily available for us in the stores and, and, you know, at gas stations, things like that. When you make stops or you want to eat quick because we're such a busy people, we tend to want to eat quick, you know, not take a lot of time preparing our meals and stuff. So it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to eat healthy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I think most people know what they should and shouldn't be eating. We just don't take the time to do it. And I find my lifestyle pretty busy. You know, uh, people always, always are pointing out, how do you get so much done? You know, because I'm doing the homesteading and I'm working a lot of hours at my day job. I mean, I work, you know, 50, 60 hours, closer to 60 most weeks, you know, and then I'm homesteading in the evening and I'm doing this podcast. I'm running a website and I'm doing a membership forum. And, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, you know, I mean, I got a lot of stuff going on. I'm busy all the time. And it's real easy for me to skip uh, properly preparing. You know, like I said, I stop at the I stop at a truck stop every day and grab a sandwich. You know, I should be prepping me up a good healthy salad every night to take to lunch. You know, the next day, or you know, or, or digging some some rabbit meat out and making something out of that to take with me the next day to work. I don't. You know, I don't most days. Um, there was a time when I was, and I'm just so busy now. I, I don't. You know, I, I take that, I take that one meal a day and make it a light meal, but it's not a real healthy meal. You know, um, there's a lady, <laughs> I get a little bit under conviction every day because there's a, there's actually a cashier that works at the truck stop I stop at and she's just a super healthy, you know, she's, she, we talk a little bit about gardening occasionally because she's a big gardener and she's eating healthy and she'll see me, see me throw a soda up on the counter and, and grab a sandwich and she'll be like, Oh, you shouldn't be eating that. You should be eating healthy, you know, and she'll kind of make me feel bad about, you know, and I'm glad. But I'm like, yep, this is just my one meal a day like this. I eat out of the garden the rest of the day. And she kind of laughs because she just she's really healthy on this stuff, you know. And she kind of puts me under conviction a little bit. And um, I like that. And I like doing a podcast like this because it reminds me that uh, it, it kind of helps me think it out a little bit and go, you know what? You need to get back on track. You need to not be you need to not be eating the way you've been eating lately. And uh it reminds me of, of why I started eating the way I did and um, kind of kicks me in the pants a little bit. So thanks, Jim, for uh, helping me think about it a little bit more. Because you know what? I haven't been eating as great as I should be, and I need to get back on track. And I think the Weston A. Price diet 
And I'll put a link in the show notes today so you can look that up. Those are my recommendations for today, actually. We'll just jump into that. Go check out the Weston A. Price Foundation website. I have a link in the in the show notes. Check that out. I think that's the diet. You know, I mean, in my personal opinion, there's the diet we should be aiming for. We really should. I think it's a great diet. Uh, paleo people would disagree with me. People who hold to a ketogenic diet might disagree with me. Um, but that's the diet I think we should be on, in my personal opinion. It's where I felt the best. I had more energy than I ever had. I was maintaining healthy weight. Um, I just never felt so good. Never felt so good. Actually, from the time I went ketogenic, even through paleo into that diet, I felt better than I had my entire life. More energy. Um, just just felt like I could take on the world. You know, I really did. And um, yeah, I ain't felt like that lately so much. So definitely need to get back on track with the diet. So uh, I did mention, a, I wanted to mention a book also written by Sally Fallon. It's called Nourishing Traditions. It's a cookbook. It's the cookbook that challenges politically correct nutrition and diet dictocrats uh, by Sally Fallon. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Really good book. It'll help you kind of get on that diet and stay on that diet. And uh, those are my my recommendations for today. And in the Homestead Life segment, let's just continue this pattern. Let's talk about uh, what's better in my life because of homesteading. And that's the availability of healthy eating options that I can afford. You know, I've heard a lot of people over the years say they can't afford to eat healthy. And I've mumbled it myself a time or two. However, homesteading has made it easier and more doable to eat healthy at an affordable cost. And I love that I can go out my back door and I can pick a healthy meal. And um, that's how homesteading's made my life better. It really has. I can go out and pick a salad right now. I can jump off this podcast, go out and pick a few things, grab a cucumber, grab a you know green pepper, grab some a couple different kinds of lettuce, some arugula, some purslane right from my garden, you know, and I can make myself a nice healthy salad. Um, and, uh, I can eat healthy like that. And I love that, you know, homesteading's made that possible. It's, it's, it's expensive to eat healthy. It really is. And, um, you know, homesteading's made it possible for me. So there you have it. Uh, there's the answer to my question. Maybe it's not everything you wanted. Maybe you wanted specific details on the diet. Go check out the Weston A price diet. That's my details that I recommend. It's not where I'm at exactly right now, but it's where I should be. And, uh, it's where I felt best and it's what I recommend. So, um, if you want to submit a question for the podcast and I do need some more questions, I got a few, but I haven't had one for a few days show up in my email. Uh, you can send your questions to ask at smalltownhomestead.com or you can call or text in your questions. We get a lot of them by text, uh, to our voicemail number at 765-203-1949. You can submit questions as often as you like, as, as many as you want, and I'll try to answer them on the podcast. This podcast is made possible by those who join our Homestead Forum membership community. You know, I just really appreciate everybody that's in that in that group. You know, you do pay the bills for this, and it means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, we try to give you a, a few extra things in that membership community that make it worth it for you. But in the end, you're supporting this podcast, and I really appreciate it. So if you want to learn more about the benefits of membership, go check out the homesteadforum.com. It's thehomesteadforum.com, or you can just head on over to smalltownhomestead.com, and uh, there's links there that uh, for signing up for the, uh, the, the membership forum. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of videos in there. There's extra podcasts in there. There's, there's a forum in there. There's, um, you know, we do live chats in there. 
There's discounts to other homesteading products in there. I mean, try to give you your money's worth. You know, it's not an expensive membership by any means, but you know, I don't want it to be a charity either. I don't want you just to donate to this, uh, to this podcast. I want to give you something for, for, uh, for taking care of, you know, of keeping this thing going. So, uh, go check out the Homestead Forum membership community. I think it's worth it for you to be a part of that. And, um, you know, some great people in there and, um, you know, the forums getting bigger, you know, it's not as active as I'd like it to be. Uh, I'd like to see the, the forum get a little more active in there. And I think as more people come in, it will be more active. And, uh, but, uh, you know, still, um, the, the live chats are usually pretty active and, um, you know, lots of videos and uh, podcasts going up in there. So check it out. Be a part of uh, supporting this podcast and all the work we're doing. Um, the show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 97. Thanks for joining me today, folks. Hope it helped. And uh, until next time, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.